0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Baby Backs Banter podcast. I'm Michael McDermott, and I'm joined here by Wes Beyer. So, anyway, want to introduce yourself to our audience?
1: with michael at az snake pit um i've been a fan since 01 kind of hard not to i was right age so uh, i i actually like the Diamondbacks farm system and following them more than i actually follow the major league team to be honest i don't watch major league games i just follow the minor league farm system as weird as that is michael all right it's
0: like um, are you hearing an, are you hearing uh echo here I am having
1: no I'm, just sounds weird I don't know having an echo at all all
0: right anyway I'll just ignore it for now so anyway, we're going to be talking about, um, So a little bit to introduce myself. I'm Mike McDermott. Started following the team in the 2005 season. And then uh, watched the team from a f- more as a casual fan before joining AZ Snake Pit in 2011 and becoming a regular poster in 2015. Been writing about the Dimebacks farm system since the 2016 season before moving on to Inside the Dimebacks at the end of the 2022 season. So anyways, that's kind of where I am right now. So I do most of the prospect content on Inside the Diamondbacks. And, uh, we're going to be teaming up here to talk about the d farm system. We're going to start at the very top. So before we get into that, if you're coming across the channel, make sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on the notifications. So that way, when we do go live with a webcast podcast episode, that you're notified immediately by YouTube. Also, make sure to leave a like on the video so that way. Any of the YouTube. Don't to leave a comment. Likes the, uh, likes our content more, I suppose. It's a it's a weird thing. Yeah. Your engagement is always good.
1: Just please leave a comment telling me that I'm wrong.
0: Okay, I found the so- I found the source. I had the stream up. That's the problem. Oh, okay all right. that was that's why I was hearing double audio and you weren't all right so aside from technical issues that didn't exist uh, So we'll get our up and running we'll start talking about the top of the farm system We'll go with the top 10 lists and the best tools in the organization that's what we're gonna go to so this will be the best this probably will be the best part talk about here. So anyway, I I introduced.
1: think this is one of the best groups of prospects that the Diamondbacks have had come up through their farm system in my 21 years of being a fan. So um I'm excited to talk about it. I know I most people will agree with like little to no. I mean, it's it's, it's a personal opinion. But I would
0: say for the last 15 years this is the best prospect group i have had 15. Lower
1: than the other don't.
0: Cuz if we, Easily forget the uh, there was a oh, one easily point since dime.
1: the 08 or crop of uh, backbags. in
0: 2006, they had uh, in Baseball America's top 100 list, they had Carlos Quentin, Stephen Drew, Justin Upton, Connor Jackson, Chris Young, and Carlos Gonzalez, and most of them went on to have pretty good careers. Oh, yeah, in the big leagues.
1: I forgot half those guys on that that list, and unfortunately, that group was really hit hard by injuries, especially to, to Jackson with Valley Fever and Quentin with...
0: Actually, Quentin had a pretty good career, just not in Arizona.
1: His That's when I first got in prospect. This group's probably better.
0: Yeah, I would say definitely the position group from the 06 squad, is def, the 06 system is definitely better, although I would give... A Little bit of credit, there is better pitching in the system now than the in 2006.
1: Absolutely, I was just gonna say, like the pitching, then like the only real pitcher. I mean, we, we traded away most of the, the pitchers from the crop after that's the only comparable we had when we had uh Bradley, uh, guy who we won't name. Um, and uh, who else we had? We had uh Scherzer, no six. I mean, we, we had Scherzer a really was still at guys. Missouri when that uh, list came out. Wasn't drafted oh, by the in the a, a oh nine oh yeah. ten. There's the group after that of pitching when we had uh yeah. Patrick Corbin, Tyler's that would be twenty eleven. Uh, I think who else was in the so same you had group, Bradley was, was a first round pick. Trevor twenty eleven crop.
0: Were the two first round picks. You also had Andrew Chafin, who was cons- who was ultimately was a better prospect. Well, who turned out to be a decent reliever and in. Uh, Patrick Corbin, Tyler Skaggs. I think those your top five pitchers at the Wade end of 2014. Oh, wait, and also Jared Parker. Yeah, and of all of them, I think Wade Miley yeah, had was, the best yeah, career.
1: Wade Miley uh, was weird. the most underrated in that group of prospects by far, but that's actually really the only comparable group of pitchers that the Diamondbacks have had in their farm system, and this group is better. And I think like you, like that, the position players certainly compare to that group of prospects. I think that they have a higher um, – Like, if they reach their maximum potential, this group would be better than if they had reached their maximum potential, if that makes any sense. There's a higher ceiling on on this group of position players.
0: Yeah, with the uh, 2006 list, the top of the top six, five of them were outfielders. So you had a bit of a log jam, no DH to work, to kind of
1: get back. It's It's a comparable situation, honestly. Like, even you even got your your, uh, prospect that's a, you know... Got some pedigree and like the, the Steven Drew and uh uh Drew Jones kind of bloodline comparison. You have a shortstop in there too with uh uh Lawler, very similar to uh you know, I I mean in terms of offense ability, like it reminds me of Upton a lot, actually. But we'll, we'll I don't get think he has that.
0: Upton's raw power though. Well, they, they have Upton... different
1: tools, but the overall package in terms of value it seems similar into what potential. For each player was as a prospect. Not not how it turned out, hindsight's 2020, but like as when they were drafted, they seemed like pretty like comparable value tool sets. And they're not the same, but they have I think uh Lawler's much better base dealer, um, often had more power. I think Lawler's better contact hitter by far. He still strikes out a lot.
0: Well, I mean Lawler's strikeout rate wasn't necessarily elevated. And, and, you, it's, and it's, you, it's you don't know how the each of that day. goes. Like I would pro- I I actually project Lawler to be about average and strikeout, uh, average strikeout rate in the big leagues at worst. Anyway, well, let's, let's get into our way. let's get into our top ten. Here's my list. So I have Corbin Carroll one, Brandon Fodd ahead of Lawler and Jones, and then this I guess you can say the second wave of pros, uh, second level prospects. Jameson leads that list with Ryan Nelson, Lake Walton slays to Coney, Landon Sims and Ivan Melendez rounds out my top ten. So that's pretty much how it is. And then if we look at West's top ten, it's the same ten guys, but the order is a little bit different. So you kind of just want to explain how explain what your list, how your list kind of unfolds there.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, Court Carroll's the obvious. Like, let's just get it out of the way. Corbin Carroll is probably by a lot of people's definitions the aspect in all of baseball, not just for the Dimebacks. Um. I don't believe in pitching prospects generally i think that it's really hard to judge uh a player's future performance especially if you have one like the dimebacks uh, where their farm system is really terrible pitching environments like amarillo and reno are the worst pitching environments um i know that the like looking into the stats yeah Fop projects to be like he should be the number two prospect but i don't really believe in, in i i i rank um hitting over over pitching any, any day of the week. If I have a a hitting prospect and a pitching prospect with the same future value, I'm going to rank the hitter better. I Waller. I have him at number two because I like him more than Drew Jones and Drew Jones just uh, tore his labrum and had reparative surgery. So until he's healthy, I don't, I'm not going to put him as like, you know, more than number four number, you know, like that's, that's, simply that like he needs to be healthy if he was when he's healthy he's the number one prospect um going further down the list
0: would you take him over carol if they're both healthy
1: oh i you know in a vacuum i i know either way i'd say no because carol is proven he like absolutely tore up the minor leagues he has been like just fantastic at every level he's made it to the major leagues he looked great in the major leagues even if he had a little you know many struggles but he's a guy who's going to hold his own there's not any real questions about his health i mean he already went through all that he actually went through exactly the same thing he tore his he had reparative shoulder uh shoulder surgery and missed a year or like more than that with the pandemic uh he tore it up and raked and I'm going to pick the currently healthy guy over, you know, the guy who is recovering from surgery.
0: Just to make an a- additional note. So if you want to do some comparisons, Drew Jones is having a similar surgery as Jordan Lawler had last year, last year, and a kind of a timetable f- to return. Lawler was already a full participant in spring training by March 14th last year. So if you want to be optimistic about Jones, who's had the surgery a month earlier than Lawler, there's a decent chance he could have a full spring training.
1: I, I didn't think about that. But yeah, that. That does change just does change it for me a little bit. Like I'd actually, I'd maybe drop Fott down to number.
0: Four, like I said, four, four
1: Um, everyone's everyone seems to be in
0: consensus who the top. four is really,
1: he's a great picture. I I put. Uh, Trey Jameson is you know it's, I we're we're in agreement there. He's got a like just filthy stuff. Uh, yeah, he's he's got succeed, stuff, but he's still more of a stuff league, guy so. than
0: command guy. Command guy, and he's probably not going to yeah. ever have like pinpoint command. But if he can just throw the ball into areas where the movement will take him out of harm's way, he'll be fine. He'll be more than fine. So, if, for example, Every the reason I have Jameson our- rank below Fod is mostly command base. Even though I think Jameson has the best Pierce stuff in the organization.
1: Oh, I, I, that's that's totally. Like, I agree with you on there. It's it's fought stuff is like he reminds me. I know it's a terrible comp to throw out there, but a little bit of Maddox with the way he like this moves around the strike zone and like he's really knows how to hit his spots. Like his, what I've seen of his stuff and like limited uh, video, he really has pinpoint command and he has like not bad stuff. I mean, he throws 96, doesn't he? You,
0: I think he tops out at 96, but uh, uh Max comparison is a little different because Max, Threw those off the body sinkers. Fought throws a pretty straight fast. Well, I wouldn't yeah. say straight. It has a lot of it has a lot of uh, you can, the cliche late life, but it's a vertical profile four seam fastball, basically with a high spin. Oh, I just I, think,
1: I just mean in terms of his in terms of his command and like his the way he's able to hit his spots. Like it's very like I don't I can't really think of some other pitchers that like have that kind of pinpoint control and really like that level of success is dealing. Like he absolutely. Carved up the the, the PCL. They
0: actually had pretty like, good run prevention numbers in the Texas League too. Like the league average ERA uh, was five eleven. Of course, obviously yeah, boosted no, he, by the fact had, that Hodge He just he
1: had a really like he was lights out in uh, Amarillo, and then he kept it up in in in. Uh, like, that's the reason why I rank fought over. I mean, I agree with you on on just pure stuff. Uh, Jameson's probably like the best pitcher in, in and our also organization. Right? I mean, there's Nelson probably the fought.
0: As well in terms of stuff.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Like Nelson's got a really nice fastball. His, his, the big difference in ours is Blake Walston. Yeah, and I have, I, I, I
0: actually, I put a little bit more stock in how he finished the season. I think that's probably the difference because obviously Walston didn't got his, uh, basically he got his brains beaten in for four months. And then the final two months he dominated.
1: Yeah, I mean there is that he did bounce back nicely. That's why he didn't drop further than that. If he didn't bounce back at all, I don't even know if he would make my nice. top ten. The only reason why I think, I, uh, I mean he's getting more leeway as left-hander. He's like the only like major left-handed pitcher in the Diamondback system near that that's like high end. Ooh, left-handed uh, pitcher that can hit just, 97. Yeah, but Walston is just like every time I have watched the guy pitch and like had to cover his games, he has been terrible so i'm sure it's selection bias but he has not been very good in the the articles that i wrote covering him so i maybe that is probably that
0: so yeah one thing that i think baseball america i don't know if it was nick or somebody on the baseball america writing staff wrote an article about this but this is before, uh, this is when he was like six or seven starts in this 10 start run they're talking about how he i guess he kind of just changed the trajectory of his season and they credited him developing a slider which Went from an above, went from an average to I would consider a plus pitch now, but yeah, it was there there was video of it and he's got pretty good command when he throws it to the back foot the right handed hitter. So there is in in this division a guy that has a good a good enough fastball, a really good curveball, and a really good slider. That plays. Well,
1: he'll he, we yeah, he'll, talk about bum he'll and Kershaw I on the succeed. Like, I think he's a bum. Like I don't. I think the dude will be good at the major league level, but compared to the other prospects that we have in our system, like I don't. Like I see, I just kind of favoring the other, the other of that. Like there's that group of starting pitchers has been kind of linked since like they were all drafted. Like they've all been kind of like, you know, picking an order. Now it seemed to be shaking up. And if he, if he can come back and obviously we'll move up the list. He's left-handed.
0: Yeah. He'll move up. I think he'll move up so, pretty high on the list only, but partially because half, half our top 10 is not gonna be on the lit is going to be off the list by June. Also, oh, uh, oh,
1: oh, yeah. Well, aside from that, I mean, there's if we include guys like Moreno and uh, like I'm, Moreno should be maybe number two on this as if he didn't exhaust uh, eligibility.
0: Blame Toronto for we were parking this him morning on the bench and
1: for that. Toronto wasted him. They, they, yeah. Yeah, they, if he was in the major leagues him. for 17 uh, less days,
0: time. we'd be talking about him t- possibly getting the D-backs a first round pick. <laughs> Actually, no, it's unlikely. Yeah, it's really hard for I catchers mean, to win rookie of the year. Unless they're like generational talents, as we talk, as we saw last year in the American League,
1: he's really good. Like, I mean, he's not as good as like Adley Rushman. I mean, he's no. he's a he's a definitely generational talent. Like that guy's amazing, and he's someone to really watch. Like, uh, this like just because I don't even care if you don't like the Orioles, Adley Rushman will. Royal might, uh, the Orioles actually might be good. Like, they compete. They have a good roster. Like they, Adley Rushman is a really, case where.
0: You have a number one draft pick becomes a number one prospect and actually delivers yeah. as soon in his rookie year yeah. kind of thing.
1: Unheard of. That's unheard of. It does not happen very often. It's maybe every 10 years that will happen where a guy like delivers Posey delivered Posey's reputation was like, I'm um, like, he went from, yeah. And we're talking um, about a hall oh of Famer. This guys are talking a, about Posey. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. The Adley Rushman, I think is of all the, he has a higher chance of being a Hall of Famer than any, I think, any guy on the, on, you uh, know, that we've discussed today. Like, he's, he's, he's like, he's a step above that. Moreno's actually, like, I mean, that doesn't, like, discount Moreno. Like, Moreno's a really, like, a stud catcher. Uh, I haven't seen enough of him because he's out of sight in in Toronto. And they're the, the after, the also-ran team of the the AL East, so... But yeah, he would be a on this list if it weren't for Toronto wasting his so, yeah. service time.
0: So here's an interesting tidbit. We're going to go back to the Rushman topic. When Rush, uh, when Rushman was called up, we're going to look at Baltimore's record on May 20th. So Rushman's debut was, I think, either twentieth or 21st. I'll have to double check. It's not June 24th. That was the day he was drafted. Okay, so... May twenty first is debut according to Baseball Reference, and if we look further beyond into, let's look at the Baltimore record. If I can find where I put it, here it is. So Baltimore was sixteen and twenty four when Adley Rushman debuted. They finished the season eighty three and seventy nine. So that's uh,
1: that. That's that's. I mean, he's the all around package. He's a catcher that actually has improved the pitching staff. Like he's is, he is a guy who like breathes eats sleeps baseball 24 7 and is constantly improving himself he's like i like that's the full package as a prospect and for him to deliver is just a testament to like how highly rated and highly highly touted he was going yeah, into might, uh that draft
0: and we're looking if we look back that 2019 draft is gonna look really good in hindsight it already looks good now because obviously rushman looks like looks like a future hall of famer obviously we're not going to put him in there yet it, but if healthy, I think we will have that. He needs type to of play up
1: more than a season. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame after half a season.
0: Yeah, if we're going to put Ashman in the Hall of Fame, we might as well put Julio Rodriguez with him too.
1: <laughs> yes, let's do it. You know, let's just expand everyone, but still leave out Barry Bonds, Roger oh, yeah. Clemens, A Rod, and every steroid user, and uh, you know, sick. the Allen who he was just a dick.
0: So yeah, if you look at both our top ten lists, five players were from that 2019 draft. Obviously, Carroll went 15 picks after Rushman, and then Walston went 10 picks after Carroll. Then you have Dre Jamison, who went eight picks after Walston. Actually, Actually, I only have four. Dre Jamison would. And then after Jamison, you have Ryan Nelson, who went 56. Obviously, Arizona had a lot of picks that year, but that 19 draft also includes a rookie of the year winner in the, in the National League with Harris, who went in the third round.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a stacked draft. A honestly, stack, like I it is know a not, draft. I come out well. It might be one of the best drafts going down if some of these got like if some of these like like if Nelson and the other pitchers pan out, and you look at some of the other uh, guys that were drafted uh, that aren't with the Diamondbacks. Like it's overall, it's a really really good draft, and I think uh, we probably won't be seeing a draft this good for a while because I know this draft this year is supposed to be like devoid of college hitters and. Uh, well, oh, college hitters once you get past the top.
0: Is. I think it's fine at the top. Yeah. Diamondbacks will be f- the first round pick, twelfth overall. I think they'll be okay. They'll be okay. But yeah, after that. And then obviously the college pitching is kinda of still kind of messed up from twenty twenty. You have to although yeah, it's,
1: it's less so.
0: Because they've had three for- full years since
1: I drew, uh like a really like you know, to be like that from that time from 2020 until uh, 2022, really like last year, like that you really can't evaluate statistics and players based off because the, the pandemic has completely messed things up. Like Corbin Carroll could have been, you know, like some of these big guys. In yeah, he could be, he could be in a second year if it wasn't for the pandemic.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say Corbin Carroll could have been well, the injury probably delayed his date. Corbin Carroll, if he had a 2021 season, could have been talked about as a opening day prospect in 2022 instead of 2023. So that delayed him quite yeah, a bit. And then also the Dimex having a bad month of June also probably slowed, slowed down his role in the big leagues. Although it may get, depending on how it works, it might actually benefit them in a weird way.
1: I think it will. We'll talk about I that, think that we'll uh, a little bit later.
0: But, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about Corbin Carroll's Rookie of the Year and his potential to win that award. All right, so we'll t- we're will we going to jump into uh, looking at the best tools in the organization, obviously. So we're going to talk. So here they are. Best hit tool, Corbin Carroll, powered. Davis on De Los Santos. Speed, Carroll. Carroll for defensive outfielder. Ivan Melendez for defensive infielder. Drew Jones, throwing arm. And then Corbin Carroll is the best position player. Going on pitching tools, best tool is Ryan Nelson. Like Walton curveballs, Landon Sims slider, human limb with a changeup, fought with the best control slash command, and then, of course, fought being both our top pitcher. So we'll talk about, we'll start up with the. I uh, actually don't. Which tools do you want to discuss? Kind I think of thing. I have our, a couple breakdown of the
1: tools. Our breakout tools are pretty much the same. Like, I don't really disagree with Michael on any of them. Like, I got to think about it. I slept on it, and I really can't come up with a. Uh, other than our our estimations of like potential performance in the future, uh, I, we really don't disagree on the tools for the most. But there's some that are close for sure. And Carroll takes over like he's got like half of the hitting tools. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, why we need to uh, talk about some guys. So I pair with him.
0: Yeah. And then in a couple of years, Drew Jones will be that guy. It's all over the all over the tools, I think. Yeah, as soon as Carroll's off the prospect list, I think you're going to see a lot more Jones.
1: But I think what oh, we're going yeah, we to is yeah.
0: And then Davisson De Los Santos's power grade may determine his ability based, which is unfair, but determined based on his ability to actually put the ball in the seats. Yeah, and he's got some competition with Melendez, obviously, who did that pretty good last year at the NCAA, which is pretty comparable competition to a ball, in my opinion.
1: Uh, yeah, per, like, DeSantos, uh, De Santos's power is, like, ridiculous when he actually makes contact. Yeah, like, I think, I think he think hit ball in the leagues. Uh, me.
0: Yeah, for those that are interested in a potential like exit loss.
1: Like he, like, he hit a car oh, in yeah. the, parking no, the parking lot.
0: No, that was Cedeno. I hit the parking lot shot. Although De Los Santos did hit a ball oh, in double was a, a, Oh, okay, yeah. That, was that the camera did not see land. But it was a ball hit down the left field line, so it might have that's, been like I 450 or something yeah. like that. He did have a chance to participate the in the home run I know he derby. Had
1: one of the furthest hit ones.
0: In the Arizona fall again, I think they had him had an exit velocity measurement at 117 miles an hour in that one. Of course, he obviously, it's batting practice balls. So it doesn't well, really you know, translate much. We know as it's, that's
1: the potential of be squares up. on When he does make contact, we know that that's what, you know, the max exit velocity is probably going to be is going to be in that ballpark.
0: Yeah, I think exit velocity won't be the issue. The question will be contact rate, strikeout rate kind of thing. Like what you see in the fall, like I think his bang eye is good enough, but when he tries to crush mistakes, it's just like his swing gets so long and it com- complicated and it just whiffs on it. But when he does connect, like I said, he did he have some like exit velocities north of 110 on actual bad balls. So he's got legit he power. He looks
1: like he's going to hurt himself sometime. Like, when he takes a bad cut on, on, like, a to something he completely misses on, uh, he has looked like he's going to hurt himself a little bit. Yeah. He's a big, like, he has got a, like, this is. His swing's interesting. It's not bad. It's just, there's so much going on.
0: Yeah, I think his batting eye is better than pe- maybe we give him credit for. But uh, most of the swing and misses. And then there are times where he has, like, at bats where it's. Well, everyone has them, but. At bats where it looks like it doesn't have a plan at the plate, but it's very, very infrequent. Usually his bad swings come on hitters counts when you're trying to hit the ball into the seats. And it's also possible that he was trying too hard to make things happen. Yeah, that's what
1: I I think is.
0: We also have to remember he's 19 years old. To
1: some extent the case because he's 19 years old. He knows he can like just hit the cover off the ball. And I think when he does that, cause I mean, it's, it's a hitter's count. He is like looking to make things happen. And if he gets away from that approach or he's just like, he just is on making good contact. The guy can like, hit, when he makes good contact. He has the no power. The guy can get
0: jammed on the label and still muscle it out in the right field, home run distance wise. I seen that. In ba- well, it's, yeah, I've seen it in a batting practice session. He doesn't, it's a, he's one of those guys if he learns, it's just, okay, just get the barrel on the ball and things will happen. So yeah, that's that's one of those things. All that's why he I'm to do not get up on him. Yet. Home
1: he's, he's, a lot of the uh late inning games that I saw him play in, it seemed like like he would consistently strike out like in big pressure situations, like where you know he no you'd want to hit a home run, where win the game. And that's the well, approach he has away from that approach.
0: He's actually also had some big home runs too in that situation kind of thing. It's a yeah. very
1: yeah, but I would project to him to be... I think he got into that mindset. Is uh, He's you know he's like, oh, I've done it before. I can do it this time. And then you're pressing. That doesn't help yeah. anything.
0: Kind of contrast that to but another prospect of a similar age with Jordan Lawler, where Lawler's very... his approach is very... You, people call it advanced, but I think it's very simplistic, which is actually kind of good in certain situations. For the, That's the, a great thing. In big situations, he's more like, okay, he's just see the ball as it's coming in and just hit it says he feels like he's at his best when he's just yeah, like C-ball, hip-ball. He,
1: Lawler, when he is fine, like, he really shows a very mature approach at the plate. Like, for his age, he does not come across like a guy who's as young as he is. Like He seems like a much more advanced hitter than uh, some of the other players. That I we, think that's just know. in general, he, not he, just he, hitting.
0: The only yeah, question I have with Lawler is mostly yeah, hands. Yeah. it's hands. The most part. I think his yeah, defense I, is still very I much I agree
1: with that. Uh, on, that's the thing with Lawler is his defense is still kinda he has moments where, like, from what I've heard from scouts and talking with, you know, some some other people, like his his defense has not been impressive. Uh in fact, I've I've had a couple people tell me like negative negative evaluations of his defense, and I think a lot of that is more uh his his age showing. I don't think it's really like that's really what the I've been hearing, and like you said, his hands aren't. Uh, it needs some work. I think you could put in a yeah, little extra time on just like, but yeah, he's. I mean, that's just his age. He'll get better. I know he will. I mean, he's still yeah, got Lawler's a lot be, of growth as, as a hitter and a defender.
0: Well, there might be a big leader before he can drink a beer. Actually, probably not likely, but it would be pretty close. Which, by the way, Lawler will be in some of the one of 16 prospects in my top 30 list that will be in spring training. Actually, 15. I didn't include Robinson, but he'll be there, too. So, yeah. You'll definitely want to check out spring training if you can, if you can catch.
1: I need to finish my prospect. But...
0: All right. So we'll move on to uh, the rookie of the year discussion. We'll talk He's about in
1: 2002. Before we get into that, and we move on, Jordan Lawler's birthday is July seventeenth, two thousand two. Will he actually be called up before he's able to drink a beer?
0: Well, if there's injuries, there might be. That might so. be it, or if Lawler just has such a great spring training, training, and Nick Ahmed gets hurt again. I mean, if, I'm, if Ahmed's that's, shoulders that's is actually That's the one scenario
1: cooked, if there's injuries and or Ahmed just like called off a cliff.
0: I don't know. If I'm going to still pick it, I think he will still be in the line. It'll said. be hidden in the lineup, but still in the... I'm going to be hidden, but not necessarily forgotten kind of thing. Hidden in terms of it yeah. um, in the lineup, if his defense is still as good as it was in 2021. Although I imagine it'd be a little bit better I don't with a healthy shoulder.
1: Be, but we'll see be talking yeah, about. I think that would improve the situation for Ahmed, but that's the one scenario then, I guess, if if Lawler will actually be able to drink a beer before he's, you know, or oh. be called up before he can drink a beer.
0: The one scenario is Ahmed's injured that, You know, in it's Perdomo per, and yeah, Alexander are struggling in, in AAA. In like
1: there is some. Yeah, there's areas that we So let's move on to the next section.
0: All right. So we're going to talk about Corbin Carroll and his chances of winning the rookie of the year award. So obviously if I'm following falling along, uh, falling along on inside Dynamax, I've probably mentioned this about six times in the last month, but Corbin Carroll by virtue of being a consensus, top five prospect on pretty much everybody's list is eligible for a, th- a new part of the CBA called the prospect promotion incentive. This incentive is, uh, Put things in the rather easy statement. If Corbin Carroll wins rookie of the year, the D-backs will get a first round of get a top 30 pick in next year's dra- in the 2023. No, 2024. Sorry. Draft. We saw it play out the same way in Seattle with Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. So you're going to be, if the, whether or not the Dimebacks are success, have a good record or not, we're going to be following that storyline, whether Carroll can actually win it. MLB Pipeline released a survey, which 66% of the GM's player development executives and analysts picked Corbin Carroll to win the award, but obviously not going to be easy. But Carol's definitely littered near the top of the tools. I think they listed Carroll as the best hit tool out of, all, of them, all the league candidates. And then the next highest vote getter was 9% with Francisco Alvarez of the Mets. That'll be an interesting situation. And we'll see also how the Brewers... When the Brewers bring up Sal Frelick, and then probably the biggest competition will be Jordan Walker of the Cardinals. I watched that guy in the Fall League. Everything they say about Jordan Walker is true. Everything.
1: I I, I think Jordan Walker is the one person who can compete with Carroll. Like He's probably the best chance of actually competing against Carroll and uh, getting the rookie of the year. Uh, the other players are a matter of like playing time or their team just being absolutely awful around them. And like no one caring about them. i.e. the nationals and reds.
0: I guess Walker's the one guy I think that could beat Carol. If they both have a good year, that's the rest of them are probably going to have to hope for Carol to struggle. Um, Carol to not necessarily hit reach expectations. Although we're not exactly sure what those expectations are either. Carol could be easily, uh, a guy that hits three hundred with twenty homers, twenty five steals, and plays great center field defense, but that's probably too unrealistic for twenty
1: twenty three. Yeah, I I would build if he had the like that. My expectations are not that high for him. Regardless, like he's gonna be. I think he'll be good. He's already been good so far in his like little brief cup of coffee in the majors. Um, yeah. and I I mean I think he I I actually texted. Michael, I'm like, oh, is he? Is he, are we, are we over hyping Carol? Is he like actually that good? The whole industry is, and I don't. We are overhyping him. Yeah, I think the whole industry is. I don't know if if like, uh, the two of us necessarily are hyping him. I would I would expect expect him to, to hit like you know over three hundred with twenty five home runs. Like that doesn't seem that realistic in the off. I, I think environment. that's P guys hit over three hundred last year. Yeah, hitting 300. No, yeah, is that's very his hard in this to mean. Like that's like nine times. So, um, I don't think that he will be that good. I think he'll probably have, I think a 300 average actually might be uh, realistic for him. 25 homers probably not. Um, depending on the state of the ball, if it's juiced or not, but that's a whole other question of what what offensive environment we'll be seeing in the, the 2023 season.
0: Especially since the rule changes will be favoring, will be attempting to favor more balls in play, so maybe Carroll takes less of an aggressive hack and is more in trying to hit the ball in the gap. Do you think he could possibly lead the league in doubles and triples if he doesn't hit 20 homers? Especially considering how Chase feels very yeah. inducive to that type of contact, resulting extra base hits.
1: He's a burner. Like, he... He is very 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 fast. Like I mean, like there was another player that I've been trying to think of the name of who's super super fast in, in the minor leagues farm system, and Carroll's even faster than him. So, uh, and that they they the another thing is the rule changes with the bases are going to be larger that favors Carroll. Like he can see he has the intensity for bases, he has the incentive to be playing time. The rule favors the rule changes may favor him with the ban on the shift. Um, I think that like we actually might have too low of expectations if we're underestimating the effect the rule changes are. going. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in the case of Carroll, I think he's got a bit of a pull that, side, that he, heavy sense. pull side, ground balls, and he was getting shifted in his first year. So I think reducing the amount of coverage an infield yeah. can have on his pull side will help his batting average to some degree. Although I feel like Carroll's also at his best when he's driving yeah, the a like gap. Yeah. So I think that's how teams are going to play him defensively in the he's, outfield. He
1: is, I mean, he's very fast. That's the thing. Like Carroll is an absolute, like he, he has like sprinter type speed. Like it's seeing him that like, why just to see him run like bases on like, you know, hard, like a, like, like a double, just how fast out, he runs it single time. That one time against Milwaukee where a ground ball was
0: five that kicked of, and went like ten feet away from the shortstop, he went from first to third like, without a throw. Oh, what would have otherwise been a double play ball. That's how that's how crazy his speed is.
1: Yeah he's he can be uh like I I, I most players he play he can double play. Yeah, Carol. Although Carol is oh, not Trey the fastest player in the. Dre Jameson is faster yeah. than Carol, but that's not really like. When is day? De- Dre Jamison going to be on the base paths? Now that they don't have, uh, like they got rid of, they have the DA. There's no reason like for pitchers to ever
0: play you know, offense you, anymore, unless
1: it's like the playoffs. Okay, yes, someday, Dre Jameson yeah. is going to steal steal a base as a pinch runner in a playoff game, and we'll all be thrilled. But it won't be with the Diamondbacks.
0: Nah, nah, you're not gonna that's see pitchers. You're not gonna like, see pitchers on the base paths in any situation now, because no, Carole, they don't steal I, I, bases I, I, anyway.
1: Or says Dre Jameson faster than him.
0: Beat him in a, yeah, yeah. Carroll lost
1: but no, in like, a race
0: to Jameson twice. They're about the same. So they're about the same size. Yeah, that's too. Same size, similar build. That was the compare the two.
1: Yeah, it does. It's not that surprising looking at the two of them as athletes Like they both seem like they would be quick. So, um, but that's hilarious, Caleb.
0: Yeah, Jerry Jameson's the fastest player in baseball whose speed doesn't get measured. I think Yon actually runs pretty well too. I think they clocked him at twenty nine feet per second once. Yeah, much fa- and then Archie Bradley's not necessarily fast either. They clocked him at twenty seven when he hit that triple.
1: You see, competing with uh, like Carol in terms of like other teams, like prospects besides uh, Jordan Walker. Like I we we talked about Francisco Alvarez. Uh, I, m- I mentioned South the free, Mets like, oh, the Brewers the as well. Yeah, Ellie South De La Cruz. Guy, although I don't like see guy. Cincinnati
0: promoting him on Opening Day. You would have to. You yeah, would, would have to be. You have to go gang bus You would have to pull up. He would basically have to repeat Michael Harris's numbers to get win Rookie of the Year without starting the year on yeah. the opening day roster
1: i could see uh cavelli yeah. uh if he's really outstanding i mean he'll get the playing time with the nationals they don't really have the pitching otherwise so like he's gonna get the starts he's gonna get the playing time so i well, certainly, there aren't are, five, like, i mean if he's lights out
0: there aren't five better starting pitchers than kate cavali in in washington right now
1: yeah exactly so he'll get the he's basically their their number one starter so um, that's uh, I think that says more than nationals than, than Kate Cavelli though. Uh, he's nationals the one guy that I can than, see doing it. I uh,
0: I know Bobby Miller's listed, but the Dodgers kind of slowly Bargis. promote their arms. They're not necessarily fast. They're yeah, not necessarily super fast uh, with their promotion. But Bobby Miller, if he made the opening day roster, uh, what, would be like a threat.
1: Speaking of the Dodgers, yeah.
0: Miguel Vargas, uh, Vargas is listed
1: since you're speaking of him, I think he has a good yeah he's a candidate I think that he could get he's going to... He, uh, the Dodgers seem to be very good at developing talent and I uh, I think that he's probably a dark horse that like people that aren't thinking about because it's the Dodgers have the, the eyes on them if he succeeds and he's in a, a playoff winning team that, you know like a team that goes to the playoffs he'll get the the votes that he went normally and even though that teams aren't told, you know writers aren't supposed to do that but
0: uh i mean it wasn't like i mean it played out that way last year but in both ca- both cases there was an obvious front runner obvious front runner to win the yeah. award in both leagues it was apparent by august that who rodriguez and harris were going to run away with the award before the final month of the season so oh yeah it's a kind of yes and no
1: oh yeah uh, Rodriguez is very like got going. I think he like he need got off to a little bit of a slow start, and then he just started breaking, and it was like, okay, well, yeah, he's the rookie of the year candidate, and clear cut too. unlike like the other races, where you, you know there was really any debate at the end of the season who was, you know, the the rookie of the year. All
0: right, so Spencer's go, giving so us Spencer a rebuttal. Spencer just joined so I'm going to quickly search up. While That's, you address this question, sense. I'm going to look, look up if Walker is on their that non-roster. That makes sense, Spencer, manager. what you're
1: saying. Um, I think that like, just like on basic odds, like there's going to be an injury or something, and he will just, you know... Okay, yeah, Walker is one, one of one in, their there's non-roster like a one guys. Four chance, There's a, a one-in-four chance of one of those guys being... You know, at least one outfielder is going to get injured. It's usually the case and Spencer, I uh, don't really have alternatives to call up. So like, I don't see why not. And he's also already, doesn't it? Like, yeah, is they're he... already,
0: they're already transitioning to the outfield. There's no reason for him to play third base in St.
1: Louis. Yeah. I'm playing. Yeah. He's going to be in the outfield. So, um, he looks fine. Let's see. Why not? He'll probably, he'll probably lose some balls on Cor- rain. Carol will win. Yeah, yeah, so, so um, that's actually one of the reasons why I would I would give Carroll better chances than Walker because I know St. Louis is a little uh, they have less incentive to, to promote him than the Diamondbacks I have to promote keep Carroll in first the major leagues. Obviously, Carroll is already in the major leagues. Yeah. So yeah, first round pick, short... does he qualify for the first round pick? If he's is he top five? Yeah, he's
0: top five. Well, he's okay, top so then, yeah, I don't think he's top five yeah, everywhere, but it, he's top ten.
1: Probably the most hyped okay, so prospect nationally after Carroll. Okay, yeah, if he wins well, rookie, if the rookie of the year, okay, yeah, if he's on the opening day roster and rookie of the year. Same
0: situation plays out. Okay, um, so yeah, we can look at the Cardinals yeah, no, I, roster I, I that... and see. Oh, wrong Cardinals! I typed it up and they showed me the the uh, the other Cardinals team here. All right, so if we look at their roster, I'm going to pull it down. So their outfielders, they have Alec Burleson. So this is their 40-man roster. Alec Burleson, who's a – I think he's actually a PPI-eligible prospect. Dylan Carlson. Carlson's probably their center fielder. Okay. Newt Bar, and then O'Neal. That, your three starting outfielders are Carlson, Newt Bar, and O'Neal, I think, to start the season. And then Burleson's a left-handed okay. hitter. So, yeah, it's definitely possible they, they start Walker in the minor leagues. Although, injury yeah, to one of their big three, and I think you'll see Walker in the big leagues.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm saying. I think he'll be... Especially he'll considering be Tyler O'Neal by... has...
0: Uh... O'Neal was injured last year for much of it. He actually was doing a rehab assignment in the fall league, but then they pulled him because the Cardinals got eliminated by Philadelphia.
1: Oh, uh, that's funny. That's I didn't know the rehab guys in the fall league. It's weird. Um, that's news, but it's news to me.
0: Yeah, D backs tried to do the same thing with JB Bakowskis and then that didn't work
1: out. Yeah, that didn't work out. He's been uh, he went to the outrighted by Seattle. Yeah, yesterday. so he's he's, he's of... still looking for home. I think
0: probably non
1: roster. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know about like any other like real rookie of the year candidates. Like I, I think.
0: I mean, you can look at like, pitchers.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some pitchers, but, like, really, I think that the group of hitters is a better, like, there's a better group of hitters than pitchers. Like, I could be wrong, you know, but... Yeah, because if you look I, at the top-rated list for pretty
0: pitchers, you um, go down there. Andrew Painter's probably not going to pitch enough games in the big leagues to make an impact, to win the award. Down there, yeah. I'm, but yeah, I agree with that. Andrew Painter is definitely probably in my consideration. He's healthy, a front runner for 24.
1: Okay, then, yeah. I think? mean, that's he's. I was looking, I looked through uh, like all the candidates, like people were eligible for that just to see because I, I didn't even I didn't give any thought until last night, and I really didn't see any other to stand out other than like there's just really good outfield going, and I think that we're gonna see at least in the national league. Uh, an outfielder win the rookie of the year. That is my, my big prediction. Is, is Carroll, could be Walker, could be uh, uh, Sal Freelick. Uh, I don't think Veen will get enough at bats in the big leagues of, to yeah.
0: qualify for the award anyway.
1: So um, that's my prediction for ro- rookie of the year.
0: Yeah. Miguel Vargas, obviously a big one, depending on where they slime in the lineup. Although I think they mo- opened up third base in LA. That might be where they try to play him next year or they play him in the outfield.
1: Well, they let, yeah. yeah. That's, not- uh, that's what plan for them was to have him play a third base outfield. Like, he was going to be, like, kind of like a utility, utility, like, they, you know, they got rid they actually made room for, for him by, like, DFAing some, you know, and not re-signing guys like Bellinger and uh, uh, Turner and, like, most, there's a lot of guys that aren't. Go back, so there's room now with Dodgers, and they seem to be. Uh, I think he'll get the. even If it's not like a third, if he's floating around a lot of uh positions and racks up defensive WAR, and he's good, then he certainly could win even without like a like a less impressive bat.
0: Yeah, I was, and then also a dark horse idea. Who, let's say in the scenario, either Dre Jameson, or Ryan Nelson figures it out and takes a big step forward in 2023 after winning the final rotation spot similar like to what way miley did 10 years ago could you see okay. that playing out
1: i could, could I, ro- I could see that happen actually with thought too like thought uh he was lights out like we said earlier and he uh he if, he, if he's in the major leagues too then he certainly is a contender against and nelson so uh that's who knows pitchers are there's no such thing as a pitching prospect
0: in my mind and also pitchers kind of develop i guess you can say non-linearly compared to hitters who are pretty close to there's always a kind of like a steady progress with hitters pitchers it's like yeah the light bulb might just click sunday
1: yeah it's yeah. probably
0: 20 yeah the 2024 National League rookie of the year class is absolutely like, as a pitcher stacked. for
1: me i actually because
0: there's gonna be a lot better pitching candidates as a I pitcher
1: think. My like i used to pitch i stop pitching for health reasons. Like I screwed up my shoulder and like I have other health problems. And yeah. like, when I actually figured out pitching one day, it just clicked. It yeah, was not there for a lot of guys, like it week just before clicks. and then it clicked one day. Yeah. That's how it works. And it's not like that with hitters. Like you have like a very linear progression with it. So yeah, uh, that's why it's not. And you either have beef and it, with hitters, you exactly either have, you or you
0: don't usually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, either you have the talent or you don't. There's there's some things that you can like skills that you can develop. You cannot teach like, uh, bat like speed. a bat. You can't teach batting eye bat speed. Like there's things that you just have a talent or you don't.
0: Yeah, batspeed was the number one reason I was banging the table for Drew Jones in last year's draft over Elijah Green. Both have similar risk profiles, but Jones has a higher floor in my opinion because he can catch up to. He has more better batspeed and can catch up to more velocity.
1: Yeah, it's just absolutely. a
0: ma- so it's a matter of just the things that you can learn, in my opinion. And there's plenty of things for him to learn.
1: The next, our next, next segment two three we're looking at prospects and uh, uh, we're we, we're going, to, are we going yeah, over top one hundred lists.
0: So yeah, so if we go, f- um, looking at yeah top one hundred, obviously I think Ezekiel Tov. Tovar might be a candidate from the Rockies, although I'm not 100% sure on that one.
1: I don't see it. Let me They're the Rockies.
0: Okay, 25th. Yeah, Tovar is certainly a candidate to win the award as well, although he'd have to have a big year for the, the Rockies. And, you know, playing in Colorado, offensive numbers are going to be... If he puts up big offensive numbers, they might be discounted. Whether They're going to be found be. upon,
1: even though like Todd Helton, they shouldn't be anymore. I don't think. I mean, the ones
0: tall, only
1: plates anymore are like doubles and triples because they, because the outfield is huge because they made they kind of did the whole thing like without any yeah, idea what would happen. I mean, a humidor, like they figured that out later on.
0: The humidor did a little bit. But the biggest problem with Colorado smaller, is the like big outfield. Ballpark. It, it's just it it's yeah, just course field makes you play the game differently I, compared to the other 29 parks like Arizona sort of has a small problem with the the ball can fly a bit but it's not as extreme all right so Justin poses a question who among the D-backs prospects outside of to the top 10 could be number 1 next year and the answer is none of them so my pick for the number 1 prospect next Kay. year will be Drew Jones because we'll finally have a sample size of him hitting pro pitching for one and then two. In terms of tools, uh, I would only put Carol yeah. ahead of him right now. The entire system.
1: And like if, if you're saying uh a prospect outside of the top ten who'd have the best chance to be your number one next year, I don't think there are any. Yeah, I but, guess the... uh maybe Christian Ro- Christian Robinson if he comes back and actually like gets a visa and all that stuff. That's the only guy who like has the talent. He says his, his life and his legal situation was such a mess. That yeah, should be that, resolving like, pretty soon, you know, I
0: think. His probationary period guy. is supposed I
1: to be... only guy. Yeah,
0: there was a time where Robinson was the D-backs' number one prospect, although I didn't necessarily buy it at the time because I like Carroll better. Yeah. But,
1: uh... Yeah I, yeah, I... Robin? I really like Robinson as a well. prospect. He has the talent, but the question is, like, he's been... He hasn't played baseball, like, Three years of no reps and then
0: also as
1: we know. an but instance of poor guy. decision making. If everything goes right for him. Yes. I know I think mental health to some extent too. Like I think he, he had a a little like culture shock this is adversity. It part of it. Um and it's averse, all that. But I think that if he has everything right for him this year, he could be number one, certainly.
0: I would I still mean, put your Jones ahead of me if, if
1: both Everything goes right. Fly right. breaks. The whole way. Yeah, I I, could be, I mean, if you, if hypothetical example, I can think
0: of. All right, so we're going to move on to the prospects in spring training. We're going to focus on the non-roster guys. So Brandon Fott, Jordan Lawler, Slade Siccone, Blake Walston, Davison, De Los Santos, Bryce Jarvis, and Dominic Canzone are listed as the seven players. One commonality between the seven prospects. They are Rule 5 eligible after this season. All seven. Well, actually not Law. Lawler's the only one, sorry. But Lawler will be debuting long before he's Rule 5 eligible. Will either debut this year or Rule 5 eligible? Yeah, absolutely. So, of the seven, which one do you think will get the most opportunities in the big leagues of these seven players? So, the seven players, Brandon Fott, what Jordan Lawler, Slade buddies? Ciccone, Blake Walston, Davis De Los Santos, Bryce Jarvis, and Dominic Canzone. Which one will get the most big league opportunities in 2023?
1: Oh there's like two there there's two sides of that like to my answer. One I think that uh
0: if you're expecting an injury, uh, walson's very likely well, well, walson's,
1: walson's very likely to get um uh, just the opportunity because he's left handed. If he's doing well, follow him up if they need a well, left handed I'll also consider uh, this. Austin I mean, hasn't thrown a single can pitch can for Reno. has, yeah, that's the only thing. But I think that it's possible that he would get the opportunity. Canzone or, or Canzone already? Like he's. Well,
0: uh, Canzone's numbers good, were like okay, but, but if you park adjust off. his offense arena yeah. Reno, wasn't that special? If you, take, if you actually look at Canzone's offense versus the rest, yeah, of
1: the I league. mean it. I I think. I was more impressed with AAA. Fletcher
0: than I was with Canzoni. Can't so yeah, Canzone was a little bit above average for AAA. Obviously he's got better raw power than better raw power, he's more of a first he's more of a corner I guess you can say more of the player we thought Paven Smith was gonna be. But uh like I said, with Paven Smith on the forty man roster, yeah. I don't see a situation where Canzone has opportunities. Unless there's like a rash of now, film now. Uh,
1: I think that I don't necessarily think it will be.
0: And then Fletcher obviously is more of a. F- I think I what will happen
1: if, with. Example, I think that guy. he will be traded and given opportunities, or he's a depth guy. So if there's injuries, or he'll be traded for. for See,
0: so yeah, Canzone's a plato- it's platoon it's bat with decent water, power and okay is- batting eye. So, I do think there is some value in the holding on to him in case there is an injury. Let's say Peyton Smith goes down or disappoints, you could try seeing if Kanzone can hit big league pitching. He did okay in the fall league in twenty twenty one. I think no, yeah, twenty twenty one. He did okay. He can put, he can hit the ball pretty. He can put a charge on the ball. I've seen him hit exit velocities live pitching of 115, 116.
1: Yeah, he he hits the ball hard. So I think that he he. He has, uh, I mean, he's the only one, like, David Davis and De Los Santos has too many question marks uh, about him in terms of, uh, yeah. like, if we the talked bat, about, like, contact. The bat play, like, definitely with can, De Los like, Santos, at the bat absolutely. plays, the bat plays. Yeah, and we don't we have a lot off. of alternatives in terms of first baseman. so he's certainly. Splendous? Uh De Los Santos has, is. we don't have any other first baseman like, really as an option in our minor league. Like, we don't have a lot of depth at first. Uh, I would say so, Melendez
0: is half a year behind De Los Santos at worst. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Melendez is about outside though. of
1: those two. If they don't want to rush, if they don't want to rush Melendez, uh, then I certainly would give uh, De Los Santos a look if he. so. All right. So another question. I mean, that does
0: does Cic- All right. Since we're on this topic, well, that's where Sacconi ultimately fits. We've talked about Sacconi in the past with AZ Snake Pit, but I would say Sacconi's is more of a bottom, a four five starter more so than top half of the rotation guy, like we thought in 2020, but he has enough stuff to stick in a the rotation. There's clearly, there's clearly some success. He had good run prevention numbers in double a. And if you look at his home road splits last year, he had a really good, he had really good run prevention numbers on the road. It was like a three, seven, four A1, ERA versus five, two, nine at home. And he also lowered his walk rate I- from 8% in 2021 to five. So I think there is
1: Tony's enigma to me. He's got great stuff, but like from what I understand of him as a person, he's just like an oblivious enigma. So um kind of like me. I I I, he's, he's an interesting guy, I've I've been told, and I'm excited to see what he can do. But I think Michael is right that I think uh back of the rotation starter seems like a pretty
0: yeah cuz maybe a bullpen guy if you're worried about his stuff likely. holding up but
1: if he figures it out he could be better than that
0: yeah cuz like a
1: yeah his stuff the biggest holds up issue even if he's, his was, you know
0: the biggest issue for saconia has been his ability to maintain stuff in starts that was an issue in college and it did show up a little yeah, bit in the fall league cuz if that presents as an issue you got the best way to use i think would be some path.
1: of his, it, it Yeah, if it's it's I I mean either needs to uh Ciccone, Ciccone needs to step up his conditioning. I mean it looks almost like a, like a conditioning issue for him. That he's just like just running out of steam halfway through a start. And if that's really the case, like even with conditioning, I and mean, he then he needs to probably move to the bullpen. So that's probably actually I think more likely than than back of the rotation because this stuff he can actually like take it up a oh, notch further than when he does in starts. Like I think he if he's full effort for an inning, he'll be great.
0: Although the issue with moving there is one issue with moving Sicconi to the bullpen. If his stuff doesn't if his stuff doesn't recover quickly, there's no point in moving him to the bullpen. You might as well just yeah. use him as a five and dive guy as your number five. Use a five and you'd be a five and dive That's starter.
1: Actually,
0: which isn't necessarily bad for a number I, five.
1: I mean it's still like a, it's probably it's like an uh, during this year, and like his conditioning improves, like and he steps it up. But that's what I like to see. Yeah.
0: Because workload doesn't seem to be too much of a problem. He's, he was at one, he was, he went from, I think, well, I think he went from 75 to 130 innings without major injury last year. He was able to build that workload. Now you can build on it this year, get to 160, and then you're already at a big league workload. Let's be honest, big league stars are 165-185 now. 200-inning guys are few and far between. You get maybe two or three guys that can do it now. That's just the way the game is played now. Although, obviously, it's it's fundamentally a different
1: game than it was in the baseball. Days
0: of uh, your 230-inning ace are almost over. Like, when Webb had three, no, four straight seed... How many innings in a row did Webb throw 200 innings? Four? It was 2004 to 2008. At least 200. 16 innings. He was like five.
1: I think he had another two years of free agency. I think when he injured his shoulder, he had like, uh, I think he had well, three. No, last- it was 2004 to 2008.
0: Yeah, it's five seasons. So yeah, that type of pitcher doesn't exist. It's few. Yeah, and far so between. He we'll helped- see if Alcantara is that guy again.
1: It doesn't exist anymore. I I I, don't, I think that there's,
0: there's um. Uh, yeah, pretty much once Verlander Scherz, it less and less Scherzer less. and Kurt, uh, Verlander Scherzer retire, that 230 inning ace is extinct. Although I guess if Sandy Alcantara can kind of try to revive that. Because remember, e threw two twenty. There's going to be the year.
1: rare madman who's like, like Scherzer who comes up, who's a complete competitor who wants to pitch as many. Inning does not care, and you know, one. There'll always be that kind of guy, and I think, but well, we're just not going to see it as much because, uh, really, like you don't handle your pitchers that way anymore. Like back there, there was a guy who once pitched the rest of a season's games, uh, like sixty-three starts, record, and no one ever pitched that much. That's like hazardous to his health.
0: Yeah, Let alone nobody does that. Randy anymore.
1: Johnson, where you know you'd have a ridiculous number of complete games and innings. Like no one's going to put 300 innings out, out there anymore. Like it's, that's people underestimate stretching how stretching at this point, which is kind of
0: people underestimate how good an athlete Randy Johnson is because of the chalk line incident. Well, actually, I don't think Randy Johnson was a natural athlete, but he was. It's, really... it's not the guy is freakishly strong. So yeah, outside well, he's
1: the top... got tall man strength. Like, I know, like, wiry strength. Call it. Alex is a good. I uh, answer that question of outside the top 10, who would make the roster? Uh, he would not have a lot of. I mean, outside of, yeah, outside of Lawler, I think, though, is more likely to be given the chances. Uh, the if they're 10. both, You know.
0: All right. I would say depending on injuries i would yeah. say dominic fletcher has the best chance
1: all his, all. dominic fletcher i think is uh, dominic fletcher is victimized he, by the fact he that he is so there also rand but he like we have other outfielders and so much outfield depth and even after trading for show we still have a ton of outfield depth so it is did not work in his favor
0: yeah, and that Fletcher's, there's a
1: guy named Dominic who does the same thing as he does.
0: No, Fletcher's more well-rounded, not as much power. And they're probably about the same hit-wise, oh, but yeah. uh, Fletcher obviously a little bit more defensively gifted. Hand zone doesn't really have the foot speed and hips to be a more than a left fielder kind of thing. Because well, they, they were throwing in Fletcher a lot at of second bases.
1: base at one point. If he if he can actually shift to a middle infield position, then he he has a really good chance. Then actually, I'd say better than Blaze Alexander because he's been more consistent.
0: When was the last time we had a left-handed throwing second baseman? It's not a stupid idea. It's just I
1: don't. I, really if, he, if he can do it, and you can play both outfield and second base, and you know other positions, okay, move him to third or short as a backup shortstop. The more he can do, the more opportunities. I don't yeah, I'm just trying
0: on. to imagine how a left-handed thrower turns a double play. getting to second base will be easy but turning yeah, on a six-four-three, so. that's probably the reason why we don't have left-handed second baseman turning a 543 is hard and with a left-handed thrower it, it, it's just a lot of extra time and the runner gets two more steps that's probably the only reason why you will never see this in the big leagues but yeah out, in the outfield Dominic Fletcher you can see maybe Bryce Jarviski yeah, has a he big year in Reno could be a rotation candidate as well, I think people yeah. are sleeping on Jarvis because he he got pretty much got annihilated for a full season.
1: Oh yeah, I, I every single game I covered up Bryce Jarvis, like he had he had one good start. He had yeah, one good lot, start. There was a lot of as well as like from my analysis.
0: It's it's one of those things where it just snowballed on him. All right, so the Mitchell, Mitchell Stumpo case. Stumpo, Stumpo, it, Mitchell, Stumpo is one of non roster right. guys. He will have a chance to it. get a actually, big league roster spot. Fans. I think... He has although the chance, probably, actually. Yeah, I've seen him. He's got good of stuff, training. but the reason he wasn't called up last year is because he had a really high walk rate. It was really a really bad walk rate, and that For was sure. the only yeah, reason they didn't did. call him up, in my opinion. I think his walks per nine was like seven, which is unusual because that came out of nowhere. Although it's also pitching in Reno, yeah, where if you make a mistake, like that, it leaves a yard.
1: A case of the yep I think he had a case of the yips, honestly, a little bit. And, like, everyone's getting beaten up in Reno, like, around you. Like, every single pitcher goes to be sent out for the slaughter. Do you, are you going to be...
0: Ask Dre Jameson how that went. He had an ERA of seven.
1: He walks in and- a few guys, too.
0: There were a lot of win assisted yeah. home runs in Reno. So, yeah, looking at it, walk rate... Stumpo's walk rate was 16 17% last year in Reno. With this 27% strikeout
1: rate. Right? Yeah. But it's also... It's also really like Reno is a like a really really awful. They don't look at they like, don't look at ERA with Reno
0: right. as evidenced by the fact that Nelson had an ERA above one five and Jason an ERA seven he, when they were called up.
1: How uh, we look that Reno in, like in, in the offensive environment is like the altitude actually affects your performance too and your recovery.
0: Yeah, because so you're at elevation,
1: basically from sea level. It's not, it's, yeah, you're at elevation. My my have siblings who live there, and it's like they every time my brother goes from San Francisco to Reno, he has, he's like, yeah, you feel kind of out of breath, you know, a little bit the first day back, and like it's not, yeah, it's not a... ideal, and you do it really does affect your fatigue and your athletic recovery time.
0: Yeah, and there are some C, there are some lower elevation PCL parks like Tacoma. I think there's a couple in California that might be, and then Vegas yeah, is only know, two thousand
1: feet. Yeah.
0: Sacramento. I don't think it's at sea level, but it's certainly a lot lower than the other parks. And then obviously, if you're extreme elevation parks like Albuquerque, Albuquerque and Reno are 4,000, 5,000 feet. Is is there a AAA affiliate in Colorado Springs? Which is even higher than Denver.
1: I don't think so anymore. They moved it. Colorado Springs, I'm pretty sure, is now uh, in one of the affiliate minor league teams. So, because it's the out that was the highest altitude of uh, the main minor league teams, as far as I know, like at high level in the PC, the offensive environment was even worse than like the Rockies, like Forest 90s rock, like the ball was apart. It is very awesome Denver, not uh, the ideal place to have a baseball team to say the least. Maybe like a pressurized dome.
0: I don't like the idea of baseball being played in domes, but it'd be better than rain outs.
1: Well, that's like, like if we ever have baseball on the moon, we're going to need pressurized domes. Might as well work that out for the Rockies and, you know, all these others. So we can play baseball in Tibet, you know, let's get a high pressure. I, I always said the Rockies stadium like needs a
0: retractable roof. Because some parts of the year, it's possibly yeah, a serious Yeah, course. it really does avoid april uh, and september you're in good shape
1: that's because you don't want to necessarily put a dome
0: there because it's a great sight line out there
1: well i'm just saying if you wanted to replicate the conditions of of it like you know seal up yeah ice air conditioning and it would increase it enough to you know uh where it's a little more comparable to a lower altitude and that's just a really expensive solution that's like much more expensive than a humidor so
0: all right, so one more question before we go. Will Justin Martinez be called up this year? I think he will, but he will not start the season on the opening day roster, is my, my prediction. I think when we get reliever he's injuries. When he's
1: on. When, yeah, when he's,
0: when, I think for the most part, uh, up here, is, he's baseball. got good stuff, and up here, I think for the most part, is fine. He doesn't shy away from big situations. There was actually one game in the Fall League where he loaded the bases with nobody out, and it wasn't his fault that the bases got loaded. Actually, no, it might've been, there was a hit. In, no, way, Yeah. A hit in two walks. He's, Next he's, three batters went down easily. It's one of those things. You kind of look at it. What guy, I've seen him just
1: is He, he like to stand up to high pressure situations. So he'd actually be a good, uh, I don't think he's I a don't, closer I don't candidate when, per se though. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I see him more as like, uh, seventh inning. Eighth oh, inning I don't, I mean, he's, he's has a, Really good stuff. He's th- he over 100.
0: Yeah, command's still not there, but you're not as like worried with command with the, relievers as you are with starting pitchers because you're not facing a lineup three times. In. You're facing three hitters so. and you're done. It'll be interesting. His best off speed um, pitches, I, I
1: think that how many how much players are in the bullpen last year? it be interesting
0: to see how the D backs put in That's the uh, AAA guys obviously vargas and martinez will be pitching in reno this year probably the start the season but both of them could be called upon sooner rather than later they're kind of different pitchers whereas vargas relies on a slider and martinez's best secondary is a split uh, and we've seen both of those play out especially the ladder profile of martinez's uh stuff profile I mean, right has worked he- in the past
1: I think right now both of the players are like really like they're uh death down in Reno Uh if there's injuries or if like, you know, if the bullpen goes, uh you know, has a really long bullpen. They're probably very likely to be like the the first two to call it up. Probably.
0: Dimebacks thought enough of Martinez to put him on the 40 man roster. 25 games out of Tommy John surgery. After I'll say Little success before the surgery.
1: So yeah, I'll say May twentieth. That's when I think He's he'll be called up.
0: Yeah, I think. There, I yeah, that's actually one of the first guys called up. I think. Twenty-five games out, of Tommy John surgery. Not much um, success I, before the surgery, and they. Yeah, and then his Arizona yeah. Fall League pitched so, well enough to the point that they decided to give him a forty-man roster spot. I think I, I thought he got better as the Fall League got, went on too. I think the the conference really came through at the end after that, after that uh, game that he had on October 31st, and he just, and the next game he came in, he just annihilated the next three hitters he faced. Like I had the video. That was the last time I saw Martinez, but for the most part, yeah. Oh,
1: he's, uh, there was. Go to few questions in this up that we're going to our last fifth uh, segment.
0: I think so, but we're gonna have to be quick. I think we this we've ended.
1: Or we're gonna save all those for next. For next... Let's, nah, talk, let's, let's talk. Jazz let's talk. Chat rapid...
0: home. Yeah, let's go rapid fire. So, not not long winded answers, but just answer it. Which player who was not ranked in the top 100 has the best long term future for the Diamondbacks? So I picked Dre Jamison. We both said Dre Jamison because Jameson. I. Th- yeah, we both said Dre Jamison, but I think Ryan Nelson would be second up because I still see starter. Starter traits in Ryan yeah. Nelson. It's just a matter of, I guess, a little bit more durability. If he could go 10 yeah, more Ryan starts with his best Nelson stuff, 10 is, more it's, pitches. it's He goes from a five-and-dive guy to a 180-inning guy. 10 pit, ten more pitches with his best yeah, stuff. Nelson has a, 30 has a, innings. That's one more inning per game. Yeah, We're assuming I, yeah he's healthy. I agree with you there. For position players, I would say, obviously, the next best would be I mean, you're choosing between De Los Santos, and Ivan Melendez. I think, which which guy do you feel is more, which guy do you think is more uh, likely Melendez to figure out how to hit? I think Melendez has a little bit higher floor as a hitter. There's much Melendez. he's got better plate discipline, but we haven't really seen him turn on pro velocity yet
1: either. He's a defender.
0: I and mean, we're talking about his, 270 his power guys. Is
1: very nice. Uh, I was impressed. He's got. Yeah, he's a big guy and he's very quick footed for, for what I've seen. And I'm, uh, I think uh, the position players probably he's the, the best that's outside the top 100. Um, but yeah, I, I actually I, I agree probably Drake Drake Jamison or Nine Nelson just because they both have filthy filthy stuff.
0: Yeah, Nelson's too, maybe an adjustment or two away from being, a number two starter. I have him as a number three for now, but it's most adjustment and maybe a little bit more conditioning and starts. And you got you got a pretty good one two punch at the top potential one, two punch with Jameson and Nelson. All right. So question number two, jazz Chisholm is yeah. on the cover of MLB number two. the show 23, who will be the better player in the next three years, gallon or, um, Chisholm. And I, I picked gallon because over the next three years, now, if we talk beyond next three years, I think the longer, the, the longer you go, I think the more it favors Chisholm obviously because Chisholm has Absolutely. five more years at control. I think, Five more years of control unless he signed um, an extension. Gallon's only Gallon's gonna be on another team with uh, my,
1: my response with that is I think Gallon is uh the right answer there. But I think that if Jazz can make up for his defensive shortcomings and I... Uh,
0: yeah, he'll be playing center field now.
1: He, he can make um Step up from being like a two and a half war player to like a five six war player if he can oh, actually oh, like.
0: I think it's more that, about health like,
1: growth curve on his. Office. Yeah, and it health. And half, yeah, I mean, health is the other part of that. He
0: was a, two and a half war a player before bat, he got yeah. injured, so I mean, if you pro if you pro write that for a full season, that's four five four right so there. I,
1: yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. If, okay, so if he's healthy, then I think that okay, so he makes up for his staff he gets defenses like league average he could be like a 6 7 more player season so like i mean a peak peak value i don't think he'll regularly do i think that's uh but then again Allen has really good stuff and i just like michael said won't be with the dimes that that long he's been uh, so overall he'll he'll, he'll provide value in gallant. Marlins just because he was under, over he's under control for much longer.
0: All right, so question number 3, which NL West rival do you think has the best farm system? And we both picked the Dodgers. Obviously, we already talked about Miguel Vargas a little bit. They also have uh Bobby Miller who could be a late 2023 call up. Gavin Stone who led the minor league in ER minor leagues in ERA last year had the best ERA in the minors of qualified pitchers and then uh Diego Cartaya is a guy to watch for in 2024. He'll probably get some reps with the Dodgers late in the season as their third catcher perhaps. And then also Andy saw The Dodgers are in the fall. The guy can absolutely blast the ball. He's got good plate discipline too. So he might be in their outfield mix in the second half of the year.
1: I'm honestly not terribly familiar with like individuals in the Dodgers' farm system, but they are really great at just like they—they're consistently, bottom, but they're coming up with more and more prospects. Like they have great international scouting, they've got great player development. Like everything they do, they do it right, and like they're really like the organization to model your. uh Although they're actually modeled off the Rays, so uh, the, the the Rays and the the Dodgers have the best farm system in baseball. Like it just consistently. Working with what they got, and uh there's really no one who can compete like that. Like the Padres have had uh, a good, they have a good collection of prospects that they've, but they've oh. also traded away a whole bunch of.
0: They uh, traded away their farm for one soda
1: last with, year. Uh, the the acquisition. Yeah and uh yeah, so yeah, they trade. Yeah, they traded away for Soto, so they don't have the depth. If they hadn't made that trade, they'd actually. It's a toss up. They didn't. Who that, they have? Padres the don't regret that right trade. They the got to the NLCS. Potters,
0: but, and beat the Dodgers. Oh, not the at, the at all. Uh,
1: no, yeah, absolutely. I, I, don't. Actually, you need to be able to. You no, know, you have to. Oh,
0: yeah, and then also the Rockies so, have a pretty uh, decent collection of it's players. The Dodgers. Yeah, I would put the Rockies second after the Dodgers. The Rockies have a decent collection of players. For uh. So they've had they've had some success Terrible. off those bad seasons in the big leagues. So obviously, Veen looks like a pretty good prospect that could be a second half. Uh, actually, Zach Veen could be called yeah. could be a dark horse opening day candidate for the Rockies. He kind of fits the mo they want to do. Then they have Tovar, who's probably going to be their opening day shortstop. And they've picked in the top ten. I don't know how long, how many years in a row, like five.
1: Yeah, they've I mean, the Rockies throughout their existence have been picking, have had high draft picks and they really have had a lot of busts. Like, I mean, they really don't have, I mean, it's like too low and uh, no, Jimenez and Arenado. That's pretty much it in terms of like really good. The best players they yeah. in Helton, I guess are the best players they developed. And uh, they just don't know how they are Yeah. They have the draft picks, but they don't have the player development until the, the owner is off the, you know, whatever he's doing and actually like let smart people run his team like it's, it doesn't matter what their draft picks are they'll always be terrible
0: I'll just say this a million dollars invested in player development will give you a bigger return on investment than a million dollars spent on your big league roster in my opinion that's like I said the Rockies have some pretty interesting prospects I think Zach Veen will be I the next face of the franchise for Colorado I like what he showed me in the fall league
1: uh,
0: maybe he needs to be a little less aggressive on the bases but the guy can the guy is absolutely fearless on the bases and he will run until they tell him to stop, kind of guy, although he's not Cormann. Oh Carol yeah, fast. he is.
1: Yes, he He is very impressive. I think he he might uh his ba his base stealing instincts is he's just he just runs all the time and I, it's it's once he better feel for you know when to go. Yeah, he got a lot of base yeah, stolen so was, bases like, in Carol the fall league where he got lucky. Bases. Yeah. Do yeah, you I mean, know if they were using a larger basin fall league? They were. Were they using the larger basin? Okay. So uh, that All might the be a little bit league. Okay, so that actually makes sense that he would be they might be running a little more just to see like if, what the difference is. So that makes sense. I was just curious, I didn't know.
0: Yeah, they're, I would say about 10% of the stolen bases um, in the falling last year. You put a big league um, catcher behind the
1: plate, they're out. But yeah, like
0: I said, that's it's yeah. the thing that Corbin Carroll learned a lesson the hard way in a, where a, a gross of stolen bases basically ruined the game for them. It's no, picking and choosing spots in the big leagues because you're risking an out to advance 90
1: feet. Yeah.
0: And the Dimebacks are very risk-adverse when it comes to outs.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Actually, teams are I mean, teams in general are, but Diamondbacks are extra-adverse. I think. Well, that's a like,
1: If like there's two outs and you're at first base, absolutely.
0: Two outs, two strikes on first? Go. But if Walker's at the plate, you stand still. You're in scoring position by being on base. Yeah. Kind of thing. So that's kind of the difference. So, let's move on to yeah. question number 4. Assuming no injuries, which pitching prospect do you predict to get the final rotation spot in spring training. So we're going to be choosing between Fought, Nelson, Jameson, and we'll include Tommy Henry, even though he's not on my list because he's not rookie eligible. So of those four, who do you think has the best chance?
1: Um, I We, we, we both to... put Ray Jameson, but just to be different, yeah. I'm going to say Fott is more likely because I think he actually has much better stuff than Jameson and he's a better pitcher right now. Jameson may... Uh, like, just in terms of where they're at in their player development, I think that Fod has a little bit more of a, an advanced approach than Jamison. Like, he's really impressed me more. Or will oh, um, I would would Much go, closer to his ceiling oh, than Jamison. Oh, Jamison is because. I went with Jamison because he's already, been in the major he's, he's already been in the major league. He's already yeah,
0: been in the major league. With Jamison, the improvement is location. If you can get it's more so his fastball straight out over the heart of the play. If he can get it more in. Or in his case, to the arm side of the plate, he's going to be a lot less hittable. That, or even ditching yeah. the forcing fastball could do that for him. Although I think he should keep it because he throws a pretty good curveball. Big a cha- and then also a, another aj- adjustment for Jameson. Although he could ditch and it's also a ditch the pitch too. His change—he doesn't have a good feel for a changeup. It seems if you look at the heat map on Statcast, his changeups floating yeah. over the top of the zone, and it's not by design. Where, where you talk about Lucas Giolito. Although I do think Giolito's high chances will really come I, get by him.
1: Yeah, I think Jameson he he's much more likely to be given the spot just because he's already like started his service time clock and Fott hasn't. But I think thought is much more likely. Yeah, he's much closer to reaching his ceiling than than uh, Jameson is. If Jameson does, he'll be the better pitcher.
0: Yeah, same would be true for Ryan Nelson as well if you compare. Nelson also shouldn't be forgotten in this. Yeah, the, yeah, the category. same
1: reasoning. Like Nelson's stuff is. Yeah, his stuff is nasty too. If he has a good spring, he absolutely could win that fifth spot. I think it's really an open right now. But four players, um, right I would give the the advantage to to Jamison just because he's already had that success at the major league level already, and the other the others haven't as much. Tommy Henry has. to, I mean, he was.
0: It was there a mixed nice year starts. for
1: him, in my opinion. So he's yeah, yeah and he, he's got nothing he, uh, left to prove
0: in the minors either.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Very likely. That's why I wouldn't even include him. it comes down to uh, I mean the options. So I, I could certainly see him making spot starts, but uh, yeah, I think
0: Henry has two options. The other options that to hold I three. think I'd
1: go with Jameson or. or I would go Jameson yeah. Nelson, then so, Henry, then Fott. Uh, yeah. That seems, that's, that's a, that seems th- to make a lot of sense to me.
0: I think the four pitchers will combine for over 400 innings this year. Injuries will happen. All right, and our final question before we go, what is your expected ETA for Fott and then your expected ETA for Jordan Lawler? So I have for Fott, I have May, uh, June 1st for Brandon Fott, so Bumgarner doesn't pitch what well. an injury happens. fine The team's finally fed up with Bumgardner's lack of success. I suppose that would be a way, that would be a way for fought to get in. I still think Nelson will get in before fought because again, some of the fought still probably needs to extend the sample size and Reno. Although let's be honest, there's not much more you can learn at that level. The same is true for the other three guys. There's, and then for nothing, Jordan Waller, it's going to be the same. There's if, unless boost. there's a need for him to play shortstop for the team before then, we're going to see him on a similar timetable Carroll. Last, like, July tw- – I'm sorry, not July. August 30th, September 1st, around that time. And he'll be on the roster for an,
1: – yeah. and then play
0: enough to keep his rookie eligibility but not lose it like Carroll, last, uh, Carroll in 2022.
1: That's exactly what I'm predicting with Waller. Um, I actually pushed the time back a little early for Fott because I don't think Baumgartner is going to be any good, and I don't think Davies is going to be any good, and we're going to need more pitching than we think.
0: Yeah, they're not going to dump Davies Starting so Warner easily as they might with Baumgartner.
1: They, they, I, 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 yeah, I mean, that's that seems to be it'll be Baumgartner before Davies if they both suck. Um, but S- September, it seems to be what they'll do with Lawler. I think he's at the exact same timetable as Carroll on but I think thought might be up by late May or possibly even, you know, begin the year in the starting rotation because he's that good.
0: All right. Thanks everyone for watching. We'll let you know when the next episode comes up, we're going to talk a little bit more about the farm system. Obviously we we're talking about the top uh, prospects. We all want to pay attention to this year. Well, uh, Also, cut this up in the segments, and we'll upload this on the channel. Again, it's at Baby Backs Banters YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, like the stream video, as well as the uploads that we come up with there. And uh, have a good rest of your weekend. Oh, wait. Before we go, you want to say anything?
1: Thanks for having me.